Everyone has their own unique views and needs when it comes to financial success. If you'd like to leave your financial woes behind and live a life of financial freedom, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Saving with Steve show, hosted by Steve Sexton. The show will help you with the ins and outs of money. We talk about financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars and keeping you up at night. We talk about money, tax reduction, saving more, spending less, 401ks, risk management, retirement, and everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. Now, here is your host of Saving with Steve, Steve Sexton. Hello, welcome to the Saving with Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money, pretty much everything under the sun that relates to you having a happier, healthy relationship with money. My name is Steve Sexton. I want to thank you for joining us today. You know, again, we had a lot of feedback on last week's Isma Mangla's interview with Magnify Money. She talked about taking the steps so people can put themselves in a position where they're not living paycheck to paycheck. So it was a wonderful interview. You want to go check it out. If you go to the website, it's episode 71, and you're going to want to see that. This week, I'm going to be talking about how to transition into retirement. So I'm going to give you 10 or 10 little things that you can do that put yourself in a better place to transition into retirement. Now, last year, the state of California had over 660,000 people move out of the state to lower income tax states. The same thing happened to all high tax states like New York, New Jersey, Illinois, and more. The reality is states like California don't want to lose your tax dollars and do everything to keep you paying. That's right. They want to keep you paying. You're going to have to learn how to pass your state's domicile test. We have Brad Galpeth, creator of changemydomicile.com to help you good folks like you to do it right. Now, next we're going to be talking about how to transition to retirement. So it's really interesting when we start talking about transitioning into retirement, okay? We have over 10,000 people a day retiring, okay? Well, each of us have specific goals, ideas, financial circumstances. You know what? There's a lot of things that apply to us. And here are some tips that we might want to think about besides getting some good financial advice to help you ease into retirement, okay? As we transition into retirement, almost everyone will make a lot of critical decisions, including when to stop working, when to take Social Security, where should you retire, and a whole bunch more. You want to be thoughtful about your choices and try out different scenarios. Work with a financial advisor. You know what? For example, delaying Social Security, you know what, can add almost $100,000 to your bottom line. I've talked to so many people about their Social Security to help them maximize it. Just by doing a few little things or delaying your Social Security could bring you in another $100,000 over your lifetime, okay? You know what? If you work a little longer, hey, you could earn more income for a longer period of time. You can save more. You can delay tapping into your existing savings. The other question, where will you retire? If you own a home, it could save your retirement. Consider if you, you know, need to tap into your home's equity through a reverse mortgage. Think about tiptoeing into retirement instead of jumping right in. Your retirement used to be this big event where you got the party, the watch, and then there was an abrupt end to work, okay? However, these days, more and more people are switching to retirement jobs or working part-time before they quit the labor force completely, okay? Hey, think about taking some time off. Some people call it a sabbatical. We get recharged instead of retiring. Try out a retirement destination before packing up and moving. You know what? I've seen this so many times, at least five or six times I can count right now where clients have said, hey, we're moving to this state. They go find a house, they buy a house, 
and they're there for three to six months and realize they just hate it and end up moving back. Okay. You want to make sure you find your people, the location, the, 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 the whole, the whole vibe is going to work for you all the way through. Make sure you're also going to live on a budget and, and you're going to need to stick to it. So a lot of people, hey, figure out what your budget's going to be in retirement and start living on that before you retire. So you don't have that, oh my God, I overspent. Think about passive income. Okay. In the income that you can earn without much effort for, you know what? Most popular forms of passive income are real estate income. Okay. However, you don't have to buy a, an apartment building. You can just get a rental property or invest in something that provides passive income. If you have thing, savings, think about your goals and how you're invested. You know what? The best investment strategy will depend on the value of your assets, how much income you have for other sources, your monthly expenses, your goals for retirement, your desires for leaving an estate, and a whole bunch more. You're going to hear a lot of different advice from your savings should be held in a low risk account. Preserve your capital, live off the interest. Think about systematic withdrawals. Make sure your investments can grow to keep pace with inflation. Lots of stuff. You just want to make sure you structure a program that's going to fit you not only now, but in the future. And that leads to my next point. You're going to be retired without working for 25, 30, maybe 35 years. So you want to make sure you have a long-term plan, a long-term budget that takes into account things like healthcare, um, end of life, the things that you, everything that you, everything you do. Next, consolidate and simplify your accounts. Many people have multiple checking and savings accounts. They have IRAs and 401ks from previous employers. It makes sense to consolidate them. So you only have to look at one or two statements, maybe three tops to see where all your stuff is. It makes it easier to manage. And when you're consolidating things, and you're working with a financial professional, ask a lot of questions. Hey, what are the fees? How does this work? Consider investment options, not just one. When you're doing rollovers, it's very, do it very carefully. Make sure you avoid any withdrawal penalties. Hey, when you're retiring, think about friends and family. You know, you're transitioning into retirement. Something that's an important part of your life is your friends and family. Social connections are one of the most important factors for your emotional and even physical health. And many people really miss daily interactions with people they stopped working with. Think about your retirement plans. Be sure to factor in your loved ones. One of the biggest things to do when you're about to retire is figure out how to transition. And those steps I just gave you, the things you can do, I'd recommend you go through it. Make sure you're talking with a financial advisor. You know what? We're going to have to take a little break, pay some bills here on Saving with Steve. Next up, we have Brad Galbert. Hey, you're going to want to listen to this, especially if you're considered leaving the state of California like another 600 and some odd people, thousand people did last year. He's got some great advice to make sure you don't get stuck paying California taxes. So stick with us. We're going to be right back. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of the Saving with Steve show. We're going to be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're going to talk about money, tax reductions, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving with Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving with Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. 
To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us. Savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Welcome to Saving with Steve, where we talk about the ins and outs of money, pretty much everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happier relationship with money. My name is Steve Sexton. Welcome to the show. Just want to say thank you for sharing us with your friends, families, and associates. We had well over 337,000 viewers and listeners last month, so we're very excited with that. Now, last year, over 663,000 people moved out of the state of California, many just because they wanted to go to a lower tax state so they can save a dump load of money, okay? And the same thing's happening with New York, New Jersey, Illinois, because they want to go to a tax-free or a low-tax state. Now, the reality is, these states don't like losing your tax business and they want to make you make sure that you're not doing anything wrong so they can keep that business. So, you know what? You want to learn how to pass the state, what it's called domicile test. That's why we have Brad Galbraith here, creator of the changebydomicile.com. He's going to help us Help us help you good folks just walk you through it. Now, we'll also be talking about the seven big tax scans that are hitting here in tax season. And how would you like a technology tool that can forecast risk for investors? How would you like a tool that enables you to help identify when risk is too high so you can get yourself out of the market? Hey, you want to stick around? We have Sean Rolls at Watchpoint Analytics. He's going to walk us through it. Now, what I'd like to do is tell you a little bit about Brad Galbra. Now he's an attorney, he's a, CP, uh, he's a CPA, he's the author of state-specific domicile plans. Now, like I said before, people are looking at ways to reduce taxes. A lot of times that's just moving from one state to another. Some people, they, you know what, don't realize that their former state wants to keep their hands in their cookie jar from a tax perspective. And if they ignore the rules on how to change your domicile properly, hey, you could come up with a lot of stress like taxes, audits, it could be estate issues, it could be lots of things. So that's why we have Brad. Brad, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Steve. Looking forward to it. And as we, as I said, before we got started, when our, our viewers and listeners heard about you being on here, this is a big topic because taxes are going up all over from a state perspective. And quite frankly, many states become unaffordable. So one of the best ways is to move out of the state. Now, help me understand how you got involved with the changing the domicile business, so to speak. Yeah, sure. Um, many, many years ago, I guess maybe 20 years ago, uh, I was practicing law in Indianapolis and my wealthiest clients kept retiring and moving to Florida. And they kept saying to me, what, what can you do to help us? And I would say, well, I'm not licensed in Florida, so I, I really can't. And I'd have to refer them to someone else. And I realized pretty quickly that referring away my wealthiest clients who were tuned in to this domicile issue probably wasn't the best long-term strategy. So I took the Florida bar, opened an, an office in Florida. Uh, and ever since, I've been helping people from higher tax states make that transition to Florida. Okay. So I just got to say this. I've talked to many of my advisor friends and I've had even some clients where they figure they can split a state or you know, one spouse is domiciled in one state and another in another. And for some reason, you know what, they're getting audited. They're getting hit with penalties and all that kind of stuff. So what I'd like you to do is just go, hey, 
what determines somebody's state registry? Where they're, what state they're domiciled in? What determines that? Let's start there. Sure. Well, for the most part, when we're using this term domicile, it's it's good to, to specify that a lot of people call that residency. Mm-hmm. Most states technically call it domicile. Um, but you can, of course, have a residence in more than one state, but you should, for tax purposes, only have one domicile. And so there, there's a lot of your listeners, certainly, who pay state income tax to multiple states. But there is one state that there is their primary residence, and they may, they may be paying... Uh, state income tax, for example, in California because they own rental property in California. They may pay in Illinois because they have rental property in Illinois, but they happen to be domiciled in New York. And so their worldwide income is subject to tax in New York, minus some of those taxes that are paid in other places. So so in general, when we use the term domicile, we're talking about really kind of tax residency. Now, what determines uh, your domicile is state-specific. That's that's one of the things that we have talked about a little bit. It's really not about the state you're moving to. It's the state you're coming from uh, uh, because every state has their own laws. That's that's just the way it works in, in our United States. It's not a federal law that determines which state you are domiciled in. It's your state law. So there, there are unfortunately plenty of cases that actually went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court about what state a person was domiciled in. And the argument oftentimes was, hey, I'm, 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 I've got more than one state saying that I'm domiciled in their state. Federal government or federal courts, you resolve this. And, and the answer has really been, for the most part, hey, states can have different laws. If, if you aren't smart enough to make sure that you are only domiciled in one state, there may be more than one state that tries to claim taxes. Um, and so we have to look very specifically to the state that you are trying to change your domicile from, not just the state that you're trying to change your domicile to. So in other words, whether you're New York, Illinois, California, which are some of the biggest in New Jersey, some of the biggest tax states, um, you really need to make sure if you're going to be living in Florida or in Texas or some other like Tennessee tax free state, you really need to look at that. Indiv- like, for example, you probably deal well, you're from um, Indiana. So uh, Indiana has what kind of like, I'm just going to ask about Indiana. What kind of in, uh, rules or domicile tests does Indiana have? Compared sure, to Florida? sure. So uh, I can even be a little bit more specific than that. I would say uh, in general, about half of the states in our country have a two-pronged domicile test. The other states have a one-pronged domicile test. The two-pronged domicile test, the first part of the test is typically a number of days test. New York is probably the most famous of, of those states where they say, if you have a place of abode, if you have a place uh, that you can live, whether rented or owned, and you are in New York 183 or more uh, days, mm-hmm. then you are a statutory resident and there is no reason to move on to, to the second prong of the test. You are a, a resident of that state for their tax purposes and any of the other things that you've ever heard of that you're supposed to do just simply won't matter. About half of our states have a law like that okay. where there is a number of days. Now that this the number of days can vary a little bit from state to state, but most of them are in that six month in a day category. Mm-hmm. Um, there uh, Ohio is the one very unusual state where where they don't have six months in a day, they have seven months in a day. They actually are more liberal, uh, surprisingly. And they have said in order to hold on to as many people as they can who will continue to come back to Ohio in the summertime or off season, um, they've said, you know, we're going to be really liberal. You could be in Ohio up to seven months. And if you intend to be domiciled somewhere else, we won't count that against you. 
Um, so they, they've, they've gone the opposite direction of many states. And their thought is that way the former residents can continue to come back to Ohio, own second homes, do their banking and investing and go to the doctor there and give to charities there. And they've decided that that's what's best. But in general, half of the states have this number of days test. The second part of the test in those states and the second part and the only part of the test in most other states is an intent test. Mm-hmm. And it is based upon your subjective intent. And unfortunately, there's no there's no MRI machine that we can run a person through that that lights up green if you intend to be domiciled in Florida and lights up red if you intend to be domiciled in New York. It, it doesn't work that way. And so every state has come up with different factors that they may look to to objectively determine what your subjective intent might be. And that's what really varies very significantly from state to state. In some states, they say whether you have a safe deposit box in their state is extremely relevant. And in other states, that's just not even mentioned. Mm -hmm. Uh, In some states, in only a few states, they say where you give to charitable organizations really shows where your heart is. And if you still give in your former state, that's very indicative of your intent. And yet other states say absolutely positively, we will not consider that because we don't want to harm the charities in our state. But what we want to do is we want to make sure that if uh, a fact finder, if a, a court or a taxing authority were to ever take a look and audit or even litigate, we want it to be very clear to them that this case just isn't worth pursuing because you've done so many things to heavily weight that apothecary scale in favor of your new state. Perfect. Hey, we're going to hold on right there. I want to talk to you about many of those things that people can do when we come right back. So we're going to take a break, got to pay some bills. We'll be back to a few minutes with Brad Galvin. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of The Saving with Steve Show. We're gonna be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're gonna talk about money, tax reductions, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving with Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving with Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us, savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Oh, I wanna welcome you all back to the Saving with Steve show. I wanna truly thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you letting your friends and family and associates know about the show. All the replays are available at savingwithsteve.us. Again, that's savingwithsteve.us. If you're enjoying the stories of helpful information and insight on Saving with Steve, then I encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you never miss a show. And check out a few of our affiliates at UK Health Radio, BBS Radio, Talk Radio New York City, E360 TV, and Las Vegas TV Network. All these networks are dedicated to empowering you to solve problems and then lift your spirits, as well as live a life of financial, personal freedom. Also follow us at Facebook and join the Saving with Steve Insiders Club. At savingwithsteve.us, you get all the replays, exclusive gifts from our guests, and more. 
So with that, we have Brad back. We're talking about the factors that people look at. Now, what specifically are some of those factors that the Franchise Tax Board here in California or wherever it is here there in Florida, would they be looking at as factors for somebody's domicile? Yeah, and, and um, there I can provide a bit of a list of those things that are somewhat universal. Yeah, please. Uh, th- those things that, that really apply in most every state across the country. The word of caution is that, that doing just those things that are general uh, may not be everything you need to do for your state. Uh, but some of those general things are the things that are really almost just obvious. If okay. you're going to change the domicile to a new state, you would get a driver's license in that new state. Mm-hmm. You'd register a car in that new state. You'd register to vote in that new state. If there's a homestead exemption, you would file for that homestead exemption in your new state. And one thing that may not be quite as obvious, but is true in many of of our states, is if you're changing to a new state, there may be a form available either through a county or uh, the state franchise board um, or the Department of Revenue, uh, the taxing authority for the state that allows you to complete an affidavit that says, as of this date, I intend to be domiciled in my new state. So in, in Florida, every county has one of those. It's called a declaration of domicile. It's completed in front of a notary and you just swear that that's your intent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you then record that with the county, putting everyone on notice that that's your intent. Now that's not gonna do it. That's that's not going to be the determining factor, but it is very nice to have a very clear piece of paper that says, it is my intent as of February 25th, uh, 2021, that I intend to be domiciled in my new state. So those are some of the, the universal things, um, but there's a few others that are certainly worthy of mention. Um, and some of these are a little bit less obvious. I mentioned a safe deposit box earlier. Mm-hmm. Now that's not relevant in every state, but I would say in at least half of the states, that appears either in case law or regulatory materials or state publications that, that that may be very indicative of a person's intent. If you have a safe deposit box still in your former state, it sounds like that really is your intended long-term, that's the place where you intend to eventually return. Okay. Um, and, and that could be a problem uh, if you're ever dom- uh, audited for domicile. Um, a couple other things that are that are interesting that people don't always think about. One of those might be professional licensing. Mm-hmm. Um, many of us and many of your listeners are are professionals of one sort or, or another, whether they're an attorney or a doctor or a nurse or a realtor or appraiser, you name it. Uh, if you think about it, you register as a professional with your state. That's a state dad- database. If the state wants to determine whether they're going to audit you or not, a very simple thing they can do is look and say, all right, well, this person is still a, a, a licensed physician in the state of California, yet he says that he's now domiciled in Idaho. That doesn't really make much sense to us. We better inquire more. Mm-hmm. And so, so if you're changing your state of domicile, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to give up your professional licenses. If you're ready to, you know, even better. But in most instances, people want to at least change from a a resident licensed physician, as my example, to a non-resident licensed physician. Um, If there is no different differentiation between resident and non-resident, at a minimum, change your address. Do not continue to use your in-state address um, for for those purposes. Use your new state address for those purposes. Okay, so what about things like a doctor? 
Yeah, and, and that varies by state. It's it's interesting though. Most states will say that when trying to determine your intent, again, there is no MRI machine. You, you, there's there's no easy way of determining that, and it's just a little bit too obvious to just ask. You know, do you have a driver's license in your new state? And so, what many states will do is they'll look to some of these less obvious things that they believe that if you are really intending to change your domicile, you would probably find a, a dentist and a primary care physician in your new state. Depending on the state, they may ask about other professionals, insurance professionals, financial professionals, um, uh, accounting professionals, tax professionals, uh, uh, lawyer. Um, do you have these professionals in your new state? At a minimum, do you have them in that new state and maybe still in your old state with them coordinating? But there should probably be some connection with the new state. Now, it, that varies by state. Again, interestingly, I mentioned Ohio earlier. Ohio, uh, when passing their laws, made the, the, the intentional decision to not count those things. Okay. In fact, what they wanted to do is have have their state residents who are changing their domicile still go back for medical care in Ohio, still have the Ohio banks as their banks, still have the Ohio investment professionals and CPAs and lawyers. So it, it does vary by state, but in most states, uh, your choice of physician, uh, whether you have that in your new state or your old state can be indicative of, of intent. Okay. Similarly, things like uh, social and religious organizations. Your church? Your church. If, if, if you're a lifelong member of the Methodist church in your northern state, it would only make sense that if you were changing your domicile to a new state, that you'd probably find um, a, a Methodist church or some church at least to, to attend uh, in Florida. If you're a lifelong uh, member of the uh, University of Michigan Alumni Association, you'd probably join the University of Michigan Alumni Association of, of Florida. Mm -hmm. uh, you would likely do those things. You'd also surround yourself with some, so if you've been active in charitable activities, you'd probably find some of those charitable activities to do in your, in your new state. Okay, so now I'd like to, uh, um, what are the things that people should consider before changing their domicile? Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, I think it would only make sense to do a financial analysis and make sure that it makes sense. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that happens when you change your domicile is you give up your homestead exemption in your, in your current state in order to get the homestead exemption in the new state. Almost every state says you can't have a homestead exemption in both states. Homestead exemptions are, are for the most part, reserved for those people who are domiciled in that state. And some states, the homestead exemption is very significant. Just as an example, in Michigan, the homestead exemption is very significant. I've, I've, had, I've done the analysis for clients before where we ended up deciding that their savings on income taxes uh, were outweighed by the additional costs of giving up the homestead exemption. So, uh, so it is important to, to not just hear that the new state is better, but to do the financial analysis, figure out whether it really makes sense to make that change. Uh, and, and if you're go going to do so, when do, those, uh, when do those financial benefits kick in? Yeah, no, that's great. Now, you know what, um, as I told you at the beginning, there's a number of people that we know that have gotten audited over this. Okay, so how do you defend against an audit? And you know, how do you defend against an audit of, the, of a, a domiciled state? Yeah, that's that. That really is a great question because at the end of the day, um, that's what we're all concerned about. Mm -hmm. If you make the change and you get audited, you know, oftentimes you've already lost because you, if you're making a change and you're going into retirement, looking forward to to spending some time with the kids and grandkids and on the golf course, 
and you end up in an audit, that's just not what anybody wants. No. Um, so I would say it is very important when you make your change of domicile to know the state that you're coming from, to know it inside and out. Um, and that is the idea behind changemydomicile.com, um, making sure that you have a state-specific list to go through. Keep records of, of everything that you change. If you're changing from a, a safe deposit box in your, in your high-tax state to a safe deposit box in a low-tax state, keep that information. Ha- have the records as to when you changed, when you closed the old box, when you opened the new one. Thank you, Brad, for being part of the show. It's changemydomicile.com is the best way for people to get in contact with you, correct? Absolutely. Changemydomicile.com. And uh, once there, there's some free information and then there's a, a, a link where you can download your specific state's package. Brad, thanks for being on the show. This is a big topic. We'll probably have you back. Stay safe down there in Florida. We'll see you. Great. Thanks, Steve. Bye-bye. You know what? We had a great show today. We did talk about the ins and outs of money. We talked with Brad Galbraith about how to change our domicile properly So we're not in a position where our previous state is still taxing us. Now, I truly want to thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you letting your friends and family members and associates know about the show. All the replays are available at savingwithsteve.us. If you're enjoying the stories of helpful information and insight on Saving with Steve, then I encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Spotify, Google Play channel, so you never miss this show. Check out a few of our affiliates at UK Health Radio, BBS Radio, Talk Radio New York City, E360 TV, Las Vegas TV Network. All these networks are dedicated to empowering you to solve problems, lift your life, uplift your spirits, and live a life of financial and personal freedom. Also, you can follow us on Facebook and join the Saving with Steve Sexton Insiders Club at savingwithsteve.us to get all our replays, access to the after show video, and guest gifts to take your life to the next level. Look forward to seeing you next week. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us for the Saving with Steve show hosted by Steve Sexton. To learn more about the show and how to become a guest or sponsor, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us. Join us again next time as we continue to talk about everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happier relationship with money. This has been the Saving with Steve show hosted by Steve Sexton.